Thank you for listening to Right Jokes, Wrong Times. Today I was joined by Tanvir Aurora. You can follow his YouTube channel or you can listen to his podcast, Nobody Meets Somebody, with co-host Mary Picarazzi. We started the podcast with me telling him about the first time I talked to him about religion. One of the first comics that ever stuck out to me was you. One of the big reasons is I love religion. You got up and the first thing you did was a religion joke. Right. One of the reasons I love religion is I come from a religion. So I'm an ex-Mormon and I feel like that's something that I have that most people around me don't. Right. And I'm fortunate because it's something that I can write into and I'm not strong enough to write into it yet. I like comics that have something and they don't hit people over the head with it. And you had a different religion than everybody else. And yours was actually obvious. You could get on stage and it was a visible difference than mine, which you can't see, right? True, true. I loved that you would get up and you would tell jokes. And I could tell that, for example, if everybody in the room was your religion, you were still a comic. Yes. Because you would write jokes that didn't always necessarily have to do with religion. You were always bouncing around the place. So I'm very excited to see what you have to talk about today. You've kind of inspired me in the way that I talk about ex-Mormonism on stage, trying to kind of have a nice balance. So I'm excited to see what you have to talk about today, man. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And I and thank you for saying such good things about me. Now, I, I do remember meeting you the first time you went up on stage and we had a <laughs> chat about comedy. It was nice. Well, I'm Sorry, in advance, I guess. No, no, no. It was, right. <laughs> it was actually really nice. And you're right. You, t- you talked about religion. And I was like, oh, cool. Some other guy that I can talk about. Because it, it wasn't any of the other topics that other comics talked about. And I haven't seen many, honestly. Yeah talked about religion so this is cool this is this is nice this is something uh, uh, on the lines of what i do so i, I connected with you immediately and you've come a long long way uh, you're one of the comics i'd love to watch as well every every time especially the tiger you kill it man i like it do you know who's hosting this this is brendan this isn't somebody else <laughs> no, no thank you very much man i appreciate you thank you yeah. what joke do you have that works on stage that you'd like to talk about today i don't do it that often now but this was one of the initial jokes that i've done and uh, that's always worked of of course, it's taken shape over the years. But I do remember when I first started out, uh, this was one of the f- first few jokes. It was, um, it basically came out of uh, people having biases. And when I started doing comedy, I started visiting places that I had not been to, like uh, different towns, bars and the clubs and never been to a bar. I had never right. been to a bar before I started doing comedy. Are you talking about depressing places like out in the middle of nowhere places or like actually right. fun places to go to? Uh, it, it depends how you look at it from my perspective. <laughs> yes, But a couple of times I had the experience of random strangers and I, most of the times I, I knew they're kind of joking with me, but there were times that kind of came across as uh, really, and some people probably didn't even have an idea. They were probably drunk, but right. I've been called a terrorist uh, a lot of times at such places and that's how the that was the origin of the joke so the joke actually goes that i am performing in say houston and during the middle of my set this random stranger just stands up and yells out hey terrorist jesus okay can i ask you as somebody who doesn't ever have to worry about that ever (laughs) happening unless i'm like strapped to the nines with guns i guess even then i don't even know if i would get a terrorist you know as somebody who doesn't have to deal with that what is that like to deal with on stage because i imagine my mind would just go completely blank i wouldn't know how to deal with that so luckily that hasn't happened on stage and now whenever it happens i know it's kind of in a joke format or i know they're like just okay. you know, kidding with me but the time I do remember one time it was at a bar and just a random dude and he wasn't like jokey about it he wasn't like trying to pick up a fight but it was just a random you know right it, it was definitely shocking and it was kind of it made me nervous it I yeah. kind of like oh I just wanted to get out of there it, just because it was so random and it was just I just was taken aback I didn't know how to 
answer that. Right. So it, it made me nervous that that's what it was. That's why I wrote this joke. Initially, when I started out, there was this kind of expectation from people, from the audience that I would notice because I look different, right? I fully bearded, have a mustache, I have a turban on. You don't have to say bearded because that's braggy. Yeah, that's braggy. <laughs> Well, I got some hair, but yes, but I'm bald. I'm bald under the turban. But anyways, we talk about that sometime later. <laughs> but for San Antonio, especially, I don't know if they had ever seen performer, uh, let alone a comedian in this form in who looked like me. So it was kind of, I don't know whether the audience expected or it was my duty, my responsibility to tell them. But this, this just to break that ice, I always had to address this. Right. And so the joke was actually on those lines. Okay, this incident happened. I turned into a joke format. <laughs> and I actually say, when, when I, in the joke, I say when someone called me a terrorist and just looked at me in blank, and I, my immediate reaction was, uh, okay, complete the <laughs> sentence. Like, what, what after that? Okay, uh, you addressed me, yes, uh, but what after that? Right, no need to yell, sir. Yeah, I mean, we all know it. Just <laughs> tell me what happens after. Like, what do you want? Like, kind of a thing. I'm right here. <laughs> and then I took the joke. Uh, so this was just like a one-liner, but then I t- took it forward. I actually tell that person that, okay, whatever you said, first of all, is like absolutely ridiculous. You know, there's no basis for that. And secondly, if I'm being completely honest, I've actually thought about being one in the past. (laughs) I like that it's not something you would think somebody would be like, hmm, maybe I should be a terrorist. Right. No one, I mean, well, some people do, but 90, 95% (laughs) of people that we hang out with that we know, just a normal person would not think. And the fact that the joke is so absurd or the fact that I actually say, you know what, one one fine day I was thinking about being Being what terrorist. But you know, it didn't work out because I had a problem with being a terrorist. And that's part of the joke. When I say, I thought about it, but I had a problem. And the problem was in my career, I thought, and in my career, if I take that, take that as a career, yeah. at some point in my career, I'll be asked to do a suicide bombing mission. <laughs> right. And guess what? That's not, that's not acceptable to me, you know, like, and not because I'll blow up, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. And a lot of people think, oh, because you'll end your life. No, 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 I'm fine with that. <laughs> the pro- problem is the comedian in me is such a narcissist. <laughs> it still wants some feedback, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Like, did I do good? How did I look on TV in the news? You know, like, I wouldn't get that feedback. And I, as a comedian, as an artist, you want that. Yeah, I'm such a narcissist. I want the unwanted <laughs> feedback even. I, and that was like, that was my second part of the joke. Then uh, for a couple of months, I did that. And then I added another tag to it. And I was like, so I thought to myself, if I ever take up the terrorist gig, you know, I call it a gig <laughs> in case comedy doesn't work for me. So I look at the audience and I'll go, you guys better laugh. Because, you know, my plan plan B. Yeah. And that always gets a laugh. It's a good way to coerce a laugh. Yeah, that's actually a forceful, I actually ask, <laughs> demand a laugh there. You get really even, serious for a second, right? clench your jaw. And then um, I go, if I ever take up a terrorist gig, I'm going to make sure my suicide vest is filled with comment cards. <laughs> So that when I blew up, each one of you gets a comment card, you know? Like, and I look at the audience and I go, was the bombing up to your expectations, sir? Would you recommend this bombing to a friend of yours, ma'am? How would you rate this bombing experience? Rate it on a scale of one to, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, eleven. Okay, well, now I just picture somebody wanting to get a suicide bomber and perusing the reviews and being like, man, this guy is incredible. Oh, shit, I can't get him. So, Oh, wait, this guy's really good too. Oh, no. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, that's the other side of it. See, you're at the receiving end. I never actually that thought never occurred to me. So that's that's actually pretty insightful. Yeah, somebody would have to have a website where it's literally just all deceased people that have been reviewed. Yeah, it's one of those out of stock items that are, <laughs> just has a lot of reviews. That's all it is. <laughs> Why did you guys list it as in stock when you already knew? Oh, that's that's funny. Well, I'm excited to see what joke of yours that did not work on stage. There's plenty. There's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) All of mine. So the one that did not work and has a great memory uh, stamped into my head is I used to do this joke where I say that most immigrants that come to America usually come to, you know, better their lives, you know, like, because there's a lot of good stuff here. There's a lot of, um, like, the quality of lives, the infrastructure, everything's great. I love the person that moves to not better their life. Can we give them a (laughs) shout out first off? Man, that's that's an interesting premise. But uh, I actually say that I had a pretty good life in India. Like, I'm fortunate enough to have pretty wealthy parents. And um, if you know a little bit about India, if you if you have a decent living there, you can afford maids and drivers. So you don't really have to do any stuff on your own. There's people to do that. So basically, in the joke, I say that I live like a king in India. So I didn't right. really have to move, but. I still wanted to move. And the only reason I wanted to move was because there's one thing I absolutely hated in India, and that was the people there. (laughs) And I say, I hate Indians. This joke has had a mixed share of responses. I do remember this one time, it terribly, terribly bombed. And that was, again, in the first year of me doing comedy, where I didn't know that you're supposed to research your audience, you're supposed to gauge your audience. And it was an audience of actually 90 or 95% Indians in the in the crowd. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can imagine that might not go over well, or maybe it would go over great, but it's going to be probably one or the other. It is actually, surprisingly, it is actually a gas station owners convention in San Antonio downtown. Oh. They, <laughs> they hired me to do comedy there. <laughs> And I did this joke, and this joke actually is pretty lengthy. And I, I every like in every like fifteen to twenty seconds, you know how they say you need to get a laugh every fifteen seconds. So my punchline in in that joke was, "I hate Indians." At least in my head, that was right. my punchline. Right. So I said it like eight to nine times, and it's it's one thing to bomb and just not do well at a show. But it's a whole different thing to actually bomb and actually have your mic cut off and ha- and or the guy that booked you asks you to leave the show, leave the premises. Are you serious? Yes. Oh, and man. Till the time I got into the car and I called my wife and this happened, it didn't really sink in that what really happened. You're like a contestant in The Bachelor that is like all of a sudden they're giving their exit interview on the ride out and you're like, wait, what just happened? I didn't get a rose. That's exactly how it was. And then I just bursted into tears because I'm like, okay, I have never been so humiliated. Like, it's okay to like not laugh. I was kind of getting on uh, terms with that. <laughs> okay, people, some people will not laugh. Okay, joke, that's fine. But just being thrown out. And here's the thing. Those are the people, at least uh, 20 or 30 people from that group of, I don't know, 200 people. <laughs> are the people I see at my church, my, my Gurdwara temple every Sunday. Oh, no. <laughs> so it was just so, so many emotions there. Um, so that was the joke that I would say didn't work. <laughs> wow. Okay. I got to ask this because I am narcissistic enough that 
probably after that, I'd be like, was that just that room? And I would probably go try it again. Probably some Did you ever try it again after that? Or was that the retirement of that joke? So good question. It took me, I would say months to bring it back. <laughs> and I just, I don't know why, where, I don't even remember where, but I did bring it back. But this time when I did the joke, I actually do the complete joke, get a laugh. And, they, and, and because I got a laugh, that was a good response. I was like, I actually described it to the audience the actual incident that happened with that joke. I told them this is what happened. I got thrown out. And then I ended that joke. And I think if I'm, if I'm not wrong, and I could be, but I wrote on stage, I told them um, the fact that I was thrown out of the show, that didn't hurt me so much. More than the fact that no one at the gas station owners convention, not even a single person came up to me after the show and told me, thank you, come again. So that was the, 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 the rebirth of that joke. You're like, you know what? I'm going to double down. Let's go for it. So yeah, I, I would still say that joke didn't work just because of that horrible memory of being thrown out. That is, that is horrible. That's basically like you got the death penalty on your set. They were like, from this point on, we've seen enough. It's irredeemable. <laughs> We need to get him out of this building. And out of their lives, probably. I'm sure it's a matter of time until that happens to me, but I cannot imagine. Here's what I also think about is you said the people that go to your temple. Mm -hmm. I would imagine if you are ever around them and like, oh, Tanvir does comedy, I'm sure they would just look at you like, yeah, yeah. he does comedy. I'll get the look. I'll get the look for sure. And yeah, we've seen his comedy. That actually reminds me every now and then I would just ask my wife and even just think to myself, they actually promised me $500 for that show. <laughs> and I didn't get a single penny. Um, now I understand the rules of comedy. If you book an artist, you got to pay them regardless of you like them or not. Right. So I, every now and then when I see that person, the booker <laughs> at my temple, I, I almost try and gather the courage to go up to him. I'm like, you know, can we do two two fifty? <laughs> start bartering. That's exactly what I was thinking. I thought you were gonna say five hundred. I was like, man, I don't know if he should start with five hundred. I like reading your jokes on Facebook because a lot of times it's something that there's actually a language barrier there, and right. it's something that I don't understand. And I can actually see it's it's like when you're in a comedy club yeah. and you didn't hear the joke or you didn't understand it, but everybody else is laughing. Right. Right. So, you know, it was funny. Right. And, you know, you should be laughing, but you don't know why. Right. You are somebody that is funny online in right. two separate languages and you speak two different written languages that you can post and make jokes about online. And people right. doing that in one language usually doesn't translate. I I think it's, it's a lot to do with just the exposure to two languages, right? Because now, right. Uh, when I initially started comedy, and that's what uh, my wife says, that I used to suck at comedy in Hindi. <laughs> right. At English, she was like, you're still fine. So that was like my, the start of my comedy was like, I used to still think in English. And then I got, whenever I visit India, and then when I do the online jokes, I started thinking, of comedy in Hindi as well. So it just huh. depends on the day and the mood the people I'm around with. It's not that I tend to write into one language. It just it just happens. And I didn't mean to necessarily talk about writing into one. I actually meant more about you speak two different fluent, funny written languages. 
Right. And comedians, for example, don't necessarily speak a funny written language, their language, right? There's right. some comedians that can tell you a joke, but they can't write a joke on right. paper that can make somebody laugh or on Facebook, for example. Right. You can do it on stage and off stage and off stage. You can actually do it in two languages, which is crazy. So I don't necessarily mean writing a joke. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, your sense of humor. You you have basically two different dialects online that are both funny. It's crazy. Well, thank you. I, I'll take that as a big, big compliment. See, again, I didn't think of that. It just... Because it's just in the flow, it just happens. I've never right. really thought of it that way. But thank you. There's a few jokes that I write that I think are actually funnier right. staring at you on, at a screen or on a paper or something. And so, yeah, it's, it's something that crosses my mind every once in a while. If you don't mind, I'd love to ask you what you're writing about now, especially given just everything that's going on in the world, man. <laughs> so the simplest answer is nothing. Right. <laughs> but the complicated one, and I know that nothing is probably a lot of people... It's just the circumstances. Um, I honestly haven't written a good solid bit this year. Well, I, I take that back. I did write one in the start of the year, and that was based on my travel to Japan. Since then, I haven't written a solid bit, but the Facebook jokes, the uh, Twitter jokes are basically just like a ex uh, writing exercise for me. Yeah. And that keeps me in check. But I did um, help out a few people writing scripts just here and there, like proofreading, maybe just adding a few ideas. I actually am working on one and that guy is going to pitch it to Netflix this Friday. So we're working on that. But I'm almost like slowly getting back into the, uh, the stand-up writing mood now. Right. And I do have topics and three of them, of course, religion is forced. I don't know what draws me to it. I'm not that religious a person, but just talking about religion is, is funny to me. Yeah, so, same here. Right. And then I actually want to start reading more than writing as well. They want to know more about other religions. Okay, Tanvir, um, I'm not going to let you be that pretentious <laughs> that you say that you're thinking about starting reading. I actually have started reading, but it's not religion stuff. But There, there we go. See, I just don't want somebody that's going to be like, you know what? I'm thinking about starting reading. Well, you're never going to stop thinking about it because most right. people that say that, it's like books no, are there. I, that's, that's, that is always me. But um, my wife pushed me into it. I actually completed my first book yesterday. So. That was actually the some of the advice that I was given when I ran into my first huge like writer's block. When I sat down and I was like, I have nothing, no new jokes, no new premises coming out. I talked to somebody and they said to read. So since then, I've tried to keep up on reading. Do you feel like reading helps with joke writing? It does. It actually just gives you, it's like just experiencing. So especially now, now that we are not going out, we're not having new experiences. Right. Uh, a comedian one told, told me, basically your jokes are your life experiences, right? You just have those thoughts. It's basically anything you experience, you saw, if you don't go out of the house, if you're just sitting there, you don't have any new experiences. Right. So reading is one way of doing it, or the other way is just to go out and live your life, see <laughs> people do different activities and talk about that. But reading is easier. It'll probably explore you to a lot of worlds. And that's why, yeah, you'll start thinking and then you'll just get the or to write. It's hard, but I'm trying. It's hard to do without sleeping for me. But yeah. I swear it's like the best medicine as far as like you open one page and I'm like, dude, I get to the bottom and I either didn't, I wasn't paying attention the whole time or I'm like asleep a couple paragraphs in. <laughs> but that's fine too. Anything you can get. I think that's yeah. that's great. The other two things that I know you, you run a strict schedule, but just yeah. I'll give you the topics is tra travel because yeah. I like to travel a lot. And once things start opening and uh, I just want to look back at all my vacations that I've taken and just probably talk about those. And then the one last thing that I have not talked about probably ever and kind of having the image of a clean comedian, I, I yeah. want to kind of break that. I want to talk about sex. So I'm going to be writing jokes about that. 
I actually don't necessarily notice when people are clean or dirty. Are you a clean comedian? I don't know. I don't know. But I think maybe. maybe. Wow. Uh, th the reason I say wow is because, like I said, I don't know. I'm kind of an idiot and I don't <laughs> notice the world around me usually because I usually care about myself. So, <laughs> hey, you're a comedian. You're supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was once told to work clean okay. and it, yeah. I freaked out. I, I can't do it because I don't think clean. I don't write clean. I, it's very hard for me. Do you think more along the lines of clean and then... Because I think then it would be weird to try and dirty stuff down, I guess. Right. Now, um, I think like it also depends what the definition of clean, like cussing and stuff that probably I've done than that. But yeah, just... What you would consider clean, I guess, just for the sake of nitpicking. Yeah, I think in, uh, in my mind it's probably just jokes about sex or yeah. about a vagina or a penis or something like that. Right. I've never. I don't think I've done any of those. And so, yeah, if you if you if going by that definition, probably I'm a clean comic so far. Yeah. But it's not that I don't know about stuff or I don't think about stuff. I've never done that on stage. That's what I wanna I wanna explore. I wanna see how it works out for me. I love the sound bite of you talking about sex and being like, it's not that I don't know about stuff. <laughs> See that how how clean I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I don't know about stuff, guys. All right. Yeah, I know about sex. People, whoever's listening, I know about sex. I can tell you're wearing sunglasses right now. <laughs> well, dude, I can't no. thank you enough for being on with me, man. I really appreciate you being on with me today. Well, thank you so much for having me. <laughs>